Hey everyone, just want to encourage you to find us on your listening platform and give us a rating. Anywhere you listen to that has a rating system, go on over and give us a rating and maybe leave us a review. Let us know your thoughts. These ratings really do help. Thank you so much for listening. On to this week's episode. Happy Thanksgiving. We are doing an episode a day early this week because we know that nobody's going to be listening on Thanksgiving Day. Unless you decide and to listen while we're you're making your turkey, cooking your food. Driving the long distance to your family. We appreciate that. But we're going to give it to you a day early just in case you're off for Thanksgiving completely. And this Thanksgiving, and every Thanksgiving really, you know, I love to personally give thanks to all the things in my life. And I am so thankful. Um... I'm thankful for you guys, Rolando, for Eddie, and for having a close-knit community that I can be my authentic self in and not feel judged. And, well, I mean, sometimes I'm judged. but By me, specifically. <laughs> on this very podcast. Um, on this very podcast. Uh, but, you know, I sometimes feel like I live in a bubble uh, where the world accepts me completely and, and authentically for who I am. And that's not the case for everyone. You know, a couple of days ago, a tragedy happened in Colorado Springs at Q Club. And as a member of the gay community, it's just devastating to know that this is a reality and that five people's lives were lost just because they wanted to go out and have a good night and have a good time with their friends just for who they are. They lost their lives. Mm-hmm. And it is just such a devastating reality to have to address, especially coming around the holiday season. Yeah, and I think it's just, I we thought it was important to bring it up onto this podcast because I'm constantly struggling with this where I've just become so numb and desensitized to this kind of news where it's just like, I woke up the morning when it happened and I was just like, oh, another shooting kind of just went along my day. And, you know, the more and more I'm learning about it, the more and more I have to say it's like, stop. Like, I can't be like that. I can't be this jaded, especially when it's affecting our community like this mm-hmm. right like this was a targeted hate crime and uh it's 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 encroaching on our quote unquote safe spaces so you know uh everyone please stay safe out there please uh keep these families of those affected by the q of the club q shooting in your hearts and uh yeah i mean just keep Pressing your local politicians for change uh, because I think that's the only way we can get any get this to stop yeah and also if you you know encounter anyone in your life who just might have some negativity or hate in their hearts and you know you're either an ally or you're part of the community it's hard you know but just try and get them to just to see how misguided it is before they commit a terrible act because mm-hmm. um, anyway uh enough of the heaviness let's just get right into today's episode and you know what? let's just kick it off and we'll get into it after this cold open so i am nicole and i'm rolando and this is remakes reboots and revivals an original podcast about unoriginality things is disenchanted right because <laughs> that's kind of like relatable oh yeah um, you mentioned like living in the bubble right and that's mm-hmm. what yeah. our main character giselle was doing in the sequel beginning of the sequel at least arguably in both movies uh, well but... she, the bubble that's not she was in a whole nother world <laughs> that doesn't count i don't think like, <laughs> that's she not just her... wasn't even here man yeah, like... <laughs> Um, yeah. All right. Well, bags out, you know, cats out of the bag. Enchanted, the 2007. Oh, I always say that. 2007. I, I'm not used to 2007. Uh, 2007, yeah, 2007 Disney live action film directed by Kevin Lima with Amy Adams uh, has a sequel straight on Disney Plus called Disenchanted, directed by Adam Shankman, actually, which I was like shocked that he actually did direct the first one. Um, Who uh, I looked him up yesterday, and I had seen that he had done some stuff. I think that we covered. Yeah, we have covered. He did Hairspray. Um, he did Rock of Ages. He also did Cheaper by the Dozen. So he's kind of like... It, that's the one. Like the stock, you Shame know, family you. musical. <laughs> Cheaper by the Dozen was not good, guys. No. <laughs> I mean, so listen to our episode because it was fun, but That was this good. year, right? That was this year. I was going to yeah. say, you know how we do the recap at the end of the years? I think we should do a best Disney Plus 
or best or worst, and then best Might be or worse. worst of like HBO Max because I think those are the Ooh. two that we really covered a, a lot, lot of, of this properties. year. Yeah, just I think Peacock also shockingly had a lot this year also that we covered. Yeah, I think Disney Plus original films takes the cake. Um, oh yeah, no, they have the most, so they're, they're getting their their whole entire new category. Oh yeah, seriously, in my opinion. Um, but if you didn't know, just a couple of days ago they released this Disenchanted film. Uh, so Enchanted coming out in 2007, I mean, 15 whole years ago, and it feels like 2008? an eternity. 2007. 2007. Um, yeah. The the year after I graduated high school. You know that 2007 was the year that the iPhone pretty much debuted? Oh. So the, the first no. movie was an iPhone-less world. Right. Um, Isn't it weird? It's so weird. When you weird. think about, like, it was only, like, what? 15 years 15 ago. 15 years ago. Yeah. Because I was also like, wow, nobody's recording anything happening in that first film on their phones, you know? Right. Which you could have. It just would have looked grainy and, like, choppy and, like... Yeah. <laughs> it would have been, like, that little box on yeah, the exactly. phones. <laughs> uh, yeah. And 2007, I think that was the year that, you know, Obama became the, the candidate and then officially got elected next year or right. at the end of 2007 for 2008. I always forget how the uh, the election, election would have been 2008. Work. He, he, yeah. he wouldn't gotten his nomination to 2007 during the yeah. Uh, yeah. Democratic convention. And uh, I'm not 100% sure, but that's usually how it does happen. Yes. And I actually think 2007 is a really interesting year for movies. I say this every year. Every year. But <laughs> that's the year, you know, uh, There Will Be Blood came out. No Country for Old Men came out. I like that. Um, I don't care for the other one. Which wait, which one do you like and which one do you not care for? What do you think? I think you like There Will Be Blood. No. Oh, you're wrong. It's the opposite. Oh, it's the opposite. I oh, actually really? like I prefer No Country for Old Men. Okay. Because of Sugar. Chiga? Chiga. Anton Sugar? Oh, Sugar. Okay. Uh him. Uh I think he's such a great villain and like he's just nasty. Uh and there will be blood. Bardem, I thought. Yeah. I thought it was so boring. I was so bored. Did you see it for the first time and only time in two thousand seven? Uh, I may have seen it in two thousand eight. Oh, After okay. so you were like, like during 20. the Oscar, that was like during the Oscar. Yeah, but run, you were really right? young, so you should give it another shot. Nah, now that you're older, I, I, pro- I promise you, I will not. I don't care for character studies. I drink your milkshake. All right, well, whatever. Uh, but other than that, you know, pretty pretty solid year. Do we even remember who we were in 2007, guys? I mean, I, I was kind of probably do. drunk out of my mind somewhere <laughs> in the frat house. Yeah, I was definitely not. I was in uh, film school in uh, New York, uh, just realizing a whole lot about myself um, in the most unique and embarrassing ways. <laughs> Which, you know, that's how you learn about yourself. So, yes. When you're 18. Is. Yes. That's how yeah. old I was. I was Wait, 17. I was 17. We have two, we're two years apart? I was born at the at the end of 88, and you were born at the beginning of 87, of 87 correct? Yeah, yeah. so we're, we're practically two, two years two apart. Years apart. Yeah. Wow. All right, so did you guys see this movie when it came out in theaters? I didn't see it in theaters. I saw it when it played, I think, on Disney Channel. And I never uh-huh. saw the full thing. Oh. So I, on the rewatch, I was just like, wow, I actually did not see a lot of it's a movie. I distinctly remember the ending and parts of the, I guess like the third act is really what I remember the most. Okay. So, All right. Yeah. And Eddie, who's also here. Did you see this movie in theaters? No, no. I saw this movie on, I don't remember. Are you, I, I want to say probably was a DVD. Oh, and okay. that's right. Wow, DVDs were DVDs, a thing back then. Yeah. I forgot. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember yeah. them? uh 2007 wow i was going to the movies a lot i think i went to like the theater recorded a number of like 30 to 40 times and uh not one of them did i see enchanted i saw enchanted for the first time four days ago oh wow i for some reason i would assume that this would have been a movie that you would have yeah i mean musical um you know musical-ish musical-ish musical comedy there's like four songs is there uh, four? It feels like a lot less than this one in the original yeah. compared to the sequel. True. And it's got that hot ass babe Amy Adams in it. It's like and Susan Sarandon. I was like, how did I not realize that Susan Sarandon was in this movie? They didn't really market um, her though. They didn't, no. Like I remember the marketing for this movie and I remember Amy Adams. You know what it also I do remember this movie Ella Enchanted. Which I always confuse same time, too. yes. They, so they were at the same time. Movie. Okay, yeah. yeah. See, so like I always confuse. I don't know which one's which. 
I think that was maybe two years earlier, but like still, it's it just yeah, it's, it's like one of those time periods for me when I'm just like they're all kind of blurring together. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess maybe that's why I saw it too. Also, you know, I was going to film school in New York. I was too cool, <laughs> right? To see a movie like Enchanted by that point, I thought it was too cool. Is Giselle um, considered a Disney princess? In terms of like merchandise, probably not. Right. No. But like in terms of canon, maybe I don't know. I'm not enough of a Disney fan, but I don't what? see merchandise for it anyway. Aren't you like a basically a Disney adult? But she doesn't get married um, to the prince. That's true. You're right. Eddie's right. There you she go. Yeah. She doesn't. So marry she the breaks prince. the rules. I I mean I am a member of a family that are Disney adults, so I am an honorary Disney adult. But... I feel like you're Disney adult light. There we. I'm a fair weather Disney adult. Mm, I think. I think you're trying to be cooler than you really I'm, are. I I'm think a decaf. <laughs> I'm just trying to come up with the correct. I am it, but I'm like one one down. Yeah. Um. Anyway. If I had the money, I'd be a Disney adult. And I had to be, live, you know. Like Mackenzie Green, I'm pretty sure, is considered a Disney adult. She goes like weekly, I feel like, to Disneyland. Oh, yeah. But if I had the money, I would also go to like Universal and, and Harry Potter worlds and stuff. Like I just like fucking theme parks because they're fun. So. I don't know. We should go I, to. I feel- I feel like Universal. I only do those like once a year, but Disney World I could do regularly. What? But you don't even like rides. We're getting off topic what? here. Wait, but whoa! You to- you Excuse told me. you. You told me you're like I don't go to Disney World for the rides. I go for the resort. You literally told me that. Uh, this is true, but <laughs> that's because I think Disney World has like some of the wacker rides. But like, it's all about the atmosphere. Um. I don't know. Some of those new rides are pretty dope at Disney. I don't so. believe that for one second. When was the last time you went to Disney? It's been decades. <laughs> I think decades. Wow. Well, I went two months ago. And let me tell this is how far how long it was been. Bob Iger has left office That's and been right. put back into office. Well, I mean Chapek Chapek disappointed. Uh, I mean Yo, at least what? Do you all know the Disney fans. Drama? All I know is that, like, all the Disney adults that are, like, serious at Disney adults posted about it, you know, like, immediately. And they were, like, you know, like, clapping hand emoji. <laughs> they I were was really happy. On my, uh, on my, it was, like, I was on TikTok, and I, one of the, the Disney food blog that I follow, right? It was, like, mm-hmm. breaking news. Uh, JPEG stepping down, or JPEG fired, being replaced by Bob Iger. And I had to, like, this sounds like fake news. Like, there's no way Bob Iger is back. I know. I'm like, oh, my God. He, he's he's, he's like, actually back. Like, that's he, how bad like, it is. How... That's wild to me because aren't they making bank like hand no, I think they, over they like, hand? S- I think they saw or they're projecting a lot of losses in the next like quarter and stuff. And they're like, well, this is all his fault. So let's get Bob Iger back to rescue it. Kind of is that thing. the solution? Like, let's go. <laughs> let's, let's take go a back step backwards. Bob. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. And what is that? Wait, I guess. And this is kind of carrying over from that conversation from last week. And I know this is a. Uh, you know, we're supposed to be talking about Disenchanted, but Disney we're talking about, so it's kind of related. But is it, are they seeing this as like kind of like we're going back on diversity? <laughs> like we're going to bring back oh, white I Marvel wonder. and I like wonder. just white centric characters on movies and stuff? <laughs> and that's a genuine question on my end. I mean, only the, the you know, the, the ripple effects from this Bob Iger recasting will show, you know, just how cataclysmic possibly that decision was. Oh, yeah. Let's, um, I guess we'll see. We shall see. I can't. Uh, I, I, might, I might DM Mackenzie. like, yo, Mackenzie, what's your hot take? <laughs> uh, did you know that when this movie came out in 2007, it made $340 million at the box office? Back when a movie like this made $340 million at the box office. Now, the sequel, you know, was put straight to streaming. But there uh, used to be a reality where a film like this would make over three hundred million dollars at the box office. Is that it's a just, good number? That's a that's a pretty good number. Okay, I don't know. I was just asking. I think cause... Enchanted was a pretty big hit. Um, I mean, it got even nominated. I mean, for <gasps> very minor awards, but it got nominated for an Academy Award. Hey, you know what? So did Norbit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they still Gotta count. recognize good work when you see it, man. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so let's talk a little bit about this story, right? We already said it is about Giselle, who might or may not be a Disney princess, but she's a princess nonetheless. And she lives in an animated world, a 2D world called Andalasia. Andalasia. Uh, which is ruled by the queen, Nar- Narissa. 
I believe. I think so. That makes sense, right? Narcissist? Yeah, yeah, narcissist. And she's a corrupt and she's a ruthless sorceress of a woman. She kind of looks like Yzma, like a mix of Yzma from Emperor's New Groove and Maleficent. Maleficent and the like Snow White Queen. Um, Yeah, it's like an amalgamation. Yes, Yzma. That's such a good one. Yzma is such a, she's such an underrated Disney mm-hmm. and she's getting her comeuppance with the gay community. I feel like yes. as of late, but and rightfully well, so. All because she's voiced by Eartha Kitt. Yeah, so. yeah, legend, legendary. Um, so pretty much the Giselle has been put in a tower because Narissa does not want her son Prince Edward to find anyone Stepson. to fall stepson to find anyone to fall in love with and be you know potentially dethrone her. Right. So she separates them, but of course they find each other within the first five minutes because it's fairy tale land and fairy tales come true and wishes yeah. and all that stuff come true. And they're going to get married in a day. Mm-hmm. And all the cliches you know of fairy tales from these Disney movies that we grew up on Snow White, Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty, right? Andalasia has them all. She sings with animals. Her animals are her best friends. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she lives in squalor, but she has the best attitude about it. And she's the prettiest girl. And there's this prince who's out there in the middle of the woods who stumbles across her and they meet and they fall in love. And then like something actually, no, nothing happens to her in the beginning that no. she has to like do all this stuff for that comes later in the film. Um, so it's pretty much like, you know, storybook land, you know, everything. And in this world, apparently that lives underneath ours, you can actually trend, uh, you can actually travel from this 2D world to our 3D world. That's the big gimmick here is that the queen then takes Giselle and puts her away in a different world, you know, where she says a line. Oh, what's the line? Where no she's one like, has a know, happy ending? Where no one has happy endings. Something like that? Yeah. And then she throws her and she transforms into a real life person, a live action person. She, you know, is in 42nd Street, New York City. Which is more or less um, supply, I just realized, of Once Upon a Time. Is it? I've more or less, I think. Like, oh, I feel like you would enjoy Once Upon a Time. Just... I, w- I just recently rewatched the first season and it's so good. I, it does derail. <laughs> like, How many most, seasons are there? I seven. think there's like yeah, seven, seven seasons. seasons. And, oh wow! Season one of 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 Once, Once Upon a time, time is basically that is an evil queen sends all these storybook characters into our world. The only difference is that they don't recognize that they're storybook characters, right? They have no memories of the past. Oh, oh, okay. That's and they're like actual Disney characters, right? They're the Disney myths, just live action. Okay. It's cute. I feel like you would like it. Okay. As a Disney um, adult, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'll, no, I'll totally watch it once we uh, end this call. <laughs> <laughs> so fake. Um, so when she comes into this world, obviously, she's disillusioned and she's confused and it's just a, a mindfuck for her because this also, it, not only is she in our world, she's in New York, which is kind of like the epitome of get away from me, people don't care, and we'll take advantage of you. It's kind of like the worst place for uh, someone to come from a fairy tale world. So, which is of course, so Hollywood because it's like, let's be real, if that were the attitude you wanted, you sent them to Boston or Philadelphia. <laughs> like New York people just don't give a fuck. Like they're not gonna like they 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 see. A princess, like a lady in this outfit, and just keep walking past me. Like I, I'm not in. I'm not fucking getting involved. Well, I think that that is how people acted, though. Like people didn't really care. They all kept walking yeah. past. I her guess you're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was just the the homeless man that robbed her. It was yeah, the hom- which just... you know I would believe that. I mean, because she obviously made herself vulnerable. So well, that's know, very classist thinking of you, Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but of course, within the, her first, you know, couple of moments of being in New York City, she stumbles across the right people, and the right people is, are white. The, are the white people? <laughs> <laughs> they got the white stuff. Um, Robert <laughs> Robert Phillip, played by Patrick Dempsey, he is a divorce attorney. Of course, you know his his specialty is divorce. Just hitting everything on the nose here, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he is a single parent with his daughter Morgan. Wait, are they and... divorced? I thought she was dead. No, no, no. no. Actually, he's a, he's a divorced lawyer, right? He's a divorced lawyer. He's a divorced thought, lawyer. She's thought... not dead. He, she, he split. Like, I mean, I saw this movie four days ago, so it's fresh. Like, she ran out, and that's it. She abandoned her family. Oh. So he is bitter. 
Right, um, that makes sense. I mean, I'd be bitter too if I was stuck with a child and I was a lawyer. Mm-hmm. I'd be and raising like, them in New York. Yeah, it's be tough. Fucking, I'd be living. It's just like, yo, like if you didn't want me, take the child at the very least. I could be living it up. Yeah, you and know? so and he's Hector Dempsey is a very attractive man. He could have been getting poon after poon, and yet he's settling for Adina Menzel. Now it's just so <laughs> interesting so because <laughs> I'm not saying anything about like her, but it's like seems to be a relationship that he's not very invested in in the movie like it's more of a rational choice you know right. like his relationship with her is a smart one yeah not a passion one and i'm and like she likes okay him. and she, they, they like each other enough right um, it's one of those things she's like oh this this is love it's comfortable this is it checks all the boxes yeah like for yeah. new york socialites yeah and i there don't think go. there's anything necessarily wrong with that right because let's be real not all love can be like me and eddie's which is just all passion you know, yeah. no fights whatsoever, right? Like, no, we, I'm sorry we set that bar, guys. But like, <laughs> but, like, most relationships fall into this middle ground of, like, you know, just, like, we're content and, you know, we can make a life together. And that's fine. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'm just shocked because I'm like, did no girl ever, like, come across in the last, I guess, how old is Morgan? Eight? Nine years? Eight, yeah, eight, eight or nine. Uh, assuming that the mother, you know, abandoned right after she left the hospital. Um, that, like, tickled his fancy. You know, he's been dead inside this long. But, you I know, know. It, it, a, I, I kind of believe it. A, well, yeah, I, a woman who wants to take in another lady's child, another child, I feel like those are rare. It's hard enough for a single mom to find a guy who's ready to take in a child, but I feel like a woman... I don't like, know. We, we we have a lot of love to give us women, you know, and we're more understanding than men. It's I true. don't know. This movie will have me believe that all women become wicked stepmothers. <laughs> so. is, I mean, yeah. Well, and then at the end of the day, a woman's worst enemy is another woman, um, <laughs> as media will let us believe. Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, also, by the way, Giselle is transported to this other world and Prince Edward, played by James Martin, is pretty much right behind her coming to New York to try and save her and to find her. Um, so that's kind of like the ongoing yeah. thing um, like because they're also over the top performance, over the top. And they're like, you know, they're the ones who are meant to be and they're going to be married and stuff. So she's like, oh, my God, thank you for taking me in, lawyer and daughter. But, you know, my prince is going to rescue me soon. And of course, everything, you know, just like gets in the way of the prince finding her and she grows to form this relationship with Robert and Morgan and it's her kind of like Andalusian energy <laughs> of being in a fairy tale slowly starts to rub off uh on this family and they grow to mm-hmm. love her and stuff and all the comedy in this movie too is like oh what if somebody from a fairy tale world got implanted into New York City how would they act right right um and you know after a while, it's a little much, or it's like, okay, I get it, beating a dead horse here, but it's perfectly fine because Amy Adams is really good at playing this type of role. I think yes. Amy Adams is a really underrated actress. Um, if you um, kind of look at her in this, and then sir. you look at her in, say, Arrival, ma'am, are you calling me, she, sir? I bet, yeah, I bet, I didn't mean to. I bet <laughs> it's like, ma'am, she is a Oscar nominee. She is. I, <laughs> I, I guess she's not a winner. Is she? I don't think she's yeah. won. I think right now she is like the Leonardo DiCaprio. Of, mm. our, of their times, right? I like, think so. Again, Arrival, uh, The Fighter, or something like that. Enchanted. What different The Fighter? Roles? I thought that was... She was in The Fighter. Oh. Oh, was, The Fighter. Was I was thinking Million Dollar Baby. I was just like, that's Hilary no, Swank. No, that's Hilary Swank. Who actually won for that role? Um, well, she's won several times, like Hilary Swank is. Yes, Hilary Swank has won, yes. Um, But, like, those three roles right there are just, like, so diverse mm-hmm. and... It's crazy, too, because it's not like she's this character actress who transforms her physical appearance. Like, no, she looks the same. And yet, you know, she delivers a brand new kind of role every time. So I I think she's a great actress. And I think she's hot as hell in this movie. Right, guys? Gay guys? Agree with me? Yes. Um, Yes. I guess. (laughs) You can appreciate a beautiful woman. She's cute. I don't know if she's hot as hell. I don't don't know if you could be hot as hell in those outfits, to be quite honest. Um, so that scene where she's in the shower and then she like, you know, stumbles oh, over Patrick right. Dempsey, hot. <gasps> Did she almost too hot for a kid movie. I think she auditioned to be Pam from The Office, but didn't get the role. But I she could see that. Eventually got like a guest role, like before she even became famous. I yeah, yeah. The first time I saw her was in Talladega Nights. Mm, I don't She's in that movie. I can't believe you've seen that movie. Yeah, I saw that movie in theaters. 
In theaters? Wow. Of course I saw a You're Will the worst Ferrell Disney comedy. adult. You didn't see. You didn't see. That's because I'm not a Disney adult. I'm decaf. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And then like, oh, yeah, there's Timothy Spall, who plays Nathaniel, who's been sent on behalf of Queen Narissa to pretty much kill Giselle. He's Peter Pettigrew, yes, from Harry Potter. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I was just Mm -hmm. like, why does he look familiar? Why does he always play like these like conniving Like rodent-like creatures? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's it's such terrible typecasting, truly. Um, I mean, yeah, that's pretty much it. You know, we know exactly where this movie goes and it's been 15 years, so, you know, spoiler alert, she doesn't go back to Andalasia. She gives up her life in Andalasia and stays with Robert, because you know, Susan Sarandon comes and oh. and does the whole dragon thing and blah blah blah, and actually, you know, Prince Edward does not defeat her. Giselle defeats her because she's the one who saves her true love, which is Robert. Right after Robert kisses her awake because she got put into a sleeping spell. You know, all this shit, whatever. Um, <laughs> we're not here to go over the specifics of the dialogue. We're here to talk about what we did and didn't like about the movie. Is there anything you don't like about Enchanted? Um. I mean, it's a fine movie. I thought it was okay. I think it's perfectly okay, too. I'm like, you know, it wasn't like... I don't know. I guess I never was wowed. Because I never... Same. I only... Like I said, when I saw this, I saw... I definitely remember the ending of it. Because I think the ending... I thought the best part about the ending was that the other woman gets a happy ending too she's not a scorned lover she finds her own prince charming who's literally like a prince charming and she ends up in like this other world i thought that was a kind of a sweet ending because i think the problem with some of these love stories in real life is that there's always going to be a bad guy not everyone could have a happy ending so in this one at least she was understanding she was forgiving she like she even like pushed him on as i kiss her it's fine i get it yeah clearly love her you know so yeah, didn't make them enemies, which was nice. exactly, which is something that that would have been the easy route to go. She would have been the evil queen, you know, in a yeah. lesser movie. And yeah, that, that I remember that I, I liked I did like the idea of like the 2D animation world and like our live action worlds colliding that, you know, it's fun. I don't know. But it, otherwise, it's just a fine movie. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way as you. You know, at the end of the day, you can't watch something like a musical or a fantasy fairy tale movie and like complain about the tropes. But I'm going to complain about the tropes for a second. Are because you? Because it's just they're like, trying to turn them on their head. Yeah, so that was part of like the overall, you know, like reason for making the movie. Um, but then it still did the whole like, okay, now here's the montage of the daughter and her bonding over going shopping. And this, look at how many bags they bought. And it's like the music choices that they made Mm -hmm. to them. Like, oh my God, this is just, this is almost a parody of these type of movies in the, you know, in the 2000s, early 2000s, that first decade. It's like the same thing as Maybe they were trying to do that stuff. Yeah. Um, and then like the ending of like, you know, the family's home happy, happily ever after, and there's like happily ever after and the way that they're dancing around the apartment. I'm like, why do movies still do this? Like to this day, <laughs> this representation of just like summarizing people's lives up and like showing scenes of ways that people would never act in a million fucking years. You don't dance right? around your apartment. Me and Eddie are always dancing around our, our apartment with Nico, no less. Yeah, no. Um, I do the I waltz, guess... I think like maybe once a week. Maybe it's a gay thing. May, well, excuse me. I, I said gay, not lesbian. <laughs> and well, we are all under this umbrella term, but um, I guess then I am the outcast here. Yeah, that sounds because... like a you problem because I know I'm constantly <laughs> dancing around in circles with Nico. And stuff. I, I mean, like, it's just, it's kind of like, it just is bothersome to me where it's like, I get it. This is the template and everyone's following the template and this is what you expect from the template. But I'm like, we can't just, you know, change it up every so often or show different imagery i don't know if disney is the company you go to to change it up <laughs> like that well this that was sort of the promise of the movie where it's like we're actually going to be like meta and like have a tongue-in-cheek commentary about our own shtick and then it just goes right into the fairy tale movies not about the rom-com template. yeah not about the live action right, right. they were they were chris they were critiquing the fairy tale films like the animated stuff they weren't critiquing rom-coms in general yeah Wow, look at how like generic these fairy tale movies are. Let's show it to you in a super generic life. <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess, yeah, but 
It's if, fine. I mean, it's also just for, it's yeah. not my my genre, right? So like you would complain about the tropes of a western because you really don't like westerns. It's like that's I, true. I've, that's true. I've, yeah, I've come to understand that rom coms I tend to really get bothered with, and it's just because it's like even though I'll watch them and I could enjoy them, and there are some rom coms out there that are amongst my favorites of like movies. It's not my genre, and I'm mm. gonna like I'm gonna tear it apart more All than right. I should. So okay, yeah. I've never, I'm not, rom-coms aren't my genre either, but I guess yeah. I'm always more forgiving of one because I'm not jaded, I guess. <laughs> You're not jaded? Uh, you Sorry. know that they've been talking about this uh, this sequel for like years, like ever since the first movie came out, right? Wasn't it announced when they announced Disney Plus? Um. So I feel like I had heard about it, like when there's like Disney Plus is promising. Yeah, it was an two. It was an update that they gave on it because they've been talking about it since pretty much 2010 that there was always going to be a sequel to Enchanted. Was the demand so high for Enchanted that we needed a sequel? It did 340 million dollars in the box. <laughs> I guess like, that's it. That is that's uh, money pretty talks. good. I do think it was one of the top 10, 15 highest grossing movies of that year. Wow, um, and it was a hit, and like people love that song. How do you know when? Whatever, I've heard that song for years and never knew where it was from. You know, Re- so. I've never, I never had heard that song before. I heard mm. the Christina Aguilera "Miracles Happen." I think that's what the last song is. The song at the is ending. It? Miracles happen. No, oh. I don't think that's the song. Fairy tales come true. Something. The last song of the movie. <laughs> Can you sing more, please? I don't remember what it goes something happy and i don't know uh, something about happy endings yeah. i think it's a cover too i don't know i actually turned the movie off the moment it ended so it I should have been taylor swift's uh romeo and julia obviously was she writing music in 2007 she's been writing music her whole life nicole her whole life <laughs> i don't know if she was alive back then though <laughs> yeah she was it's 15 years ago she was yeah she was alive she's not 50 <laughs> Uh, do you have any, any you know, like production to tell us about this movie? Oh, I'm sorry, guys. I'm phoning it you in don't. because it's like right before Thanksgiving. <laughs> so like, it's literally right. Before. Your boy has to like get stuff ready for Thanksgiving. So all I know is uh, they replaced the child <laughs> with a new actress. Yes, they did. I mean. Pretty much, like, you know, all the actors were like, oh, maybe we'll do it if the script is ready. We'll do it. And then James Martin was like, I don't know. We're kind of, like, getting older, so I don't think it's going to work. And then blah, blah, what? blah. What? James, James Martin doesn't look like he's gotten that much older. I know. Actually, none of them. I mean, well, maybe one of them looks like they've gotten older. Who? Patrick Dempsey. But well, he's aged yeah. like fine wine. Uh, yeah. It's just like, oh, you're t- he was he's only, like, like 50 with, uh, when the first one came out. He's up there with George Clooney. Oh, don't. Yeah, I don't know about don't. that. Don't. Yes. Don't. Yes, His age, hair, maybe. Right? He's like fine wine. <laughs> he has aged. I think he's aged very gracefully. I think the script has been like in production since 2018. Okay. It's four years. Wow. You know what? And I'm going to go. They greenlit it in 2019. So. Okay. Got it. Is that when they announced Disney Plus, I think? I think so. Yeah. yeah okay. Th- so that makes sense. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um,. You know what? I'm just going to go out and say it. I actually preferred the sequel to the original. Yeah. Um, you know, this feels similar in some ways to Hocus Pocus 2. No. It's like, uh, <laughs> it's just not even going to hear what I have to say, huh? No, go ahead. And then I'll tell um, you why not. As <laughs> taking a property that, you know, you're revisiting after a long period of time and providing such a new way of looking at it, and then going into an angle that you weren't anticipating from it. Mm-hmm. Um, with Hocus Pocus 2, I guess a little bit of a spoiler here, is that it becomes more about the sisterhood of the sisters, and that, you know, she there's a sacrifice that has to be made. And you're like, oh, wow, I didn't think this Hocus Pocus movie that wasn't, like, deep at all in the first movie got this deep in the sequel. Uh-huh. Like, there's, like, new depths that are presented within the sequel. Okay. And... I saw that here that I was kind of like at first I was not about. And then as the movie went on, I'm like, okay, you're getting me. You are uh-huh. getting me. I'm got kind of a thing. Right. Um, so that's the similarity. I mean, they're very completely different. Obviously, that's about it. But, you know, Disney Plus, I think, is really trying to 
provide like they're they're seeing where we're at in terms of like what we the the type of things that we kind of want from a movie and they're trying to meet us halfway Mm -hmm. because they're not completely like delivering this awe-inspiring like shocking content to us but they're surprising us yeah and they're giving Uh, us commentaries and stuff that we actually like as at least in terms of our generation millennials like i liked this commentary so i don't disagree with you in the fact that like Hocus Pocus, this movie had something to say. It had an idea. It had a theme. And it was going to go with it. I think, unlike Hocus Pocus, they knew it from the get-go. And they went with it for the majority. That was like kind of the thread throughout the entire movie. In this case, uh, the relationship between a mother and a stepdaughter. Especially when looked at through the lens of fairy tales in which the stepmother is usually a villain. And mm. I think because of that that kind of like that narrative theme throughout the entire film, it was, it was actually able to make me see and just appreciate Amy Adams. It's like, Oh, Amy Adams. Like you have still got it because Amy Adams is doing double duty. She's playing that like fairy tale character that like bubbled eye, bubbly eye character. And then she's playing the wicked stepmother and she's doing them sometimes like one after the other. Right. Yes. Going from that one shot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So like, Maybe we should do the spoiler-free stuff and then the spoilery stuff later, and we'll we'll let people know in case you're listening. You haven't watched it yet. Okay. Before fine. we get too spoilery on it, I don't. Okay. We got sure. some feedback, and we're trying to, you know, oh, do, do right by our listeners. Our listeners, so. fine. I guess we'll do this for you guys. Uh, sure. So how do you? So this is a spoiler-free content. So yes. So here's the you- basic premise, right? It's 10 years after the events of the first film. Mm -hmm. Giselle, Robert, and Morgan, they're living happily together, and they actually have, you know, a new baby, Sophia. And we we are presented through this TD world, 2D, sorry, TD, 2D world of Andalasia, where Pip, the squirrel, who we didn't even talk about, Pip, he's back. He's telling the story and how there's actually more to the story. They didn't live happily ever after. And so he brings out the book for Disenchanted and tells that story. Is that that they didn't live happily ever after? It's just more... After. There's an act two after Happily Ever After, yes. just like an Into the Woods, a great musical. Uh, but however, Manhattan and just like having a baby and raising two children, it's taken a toll on them. And they're like, OK, we feel like we're stuck in a rut. So they make a decision, a drastic decision to move their family out of New York to a brand new suburban town called Monroeville. And the mm-hmm. whole thing about Monroeville is that, you know, it's like a fairy tale come to life, you know. So, of course, Giselle, who apparently after 10 years is still stuck in Andalasia, is like, that's the answer to all of our problems. Well, we don't know how long. Like, it's been 10 years. Car- no, no, no. But I mean, like, we don't know how long she's been a cartoon character, right? Because, like, I don't know. You know how, like. Yeah, how long cart- is existence? Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know how, what is existence for them. Like, they could have been, like, eons if she's been a cartoon. It takes a, I guess it takes a while. I'm forgiving. Wow. That is very forgiving. <laughs> I'm forgiving of her being stuck in her old ways and, like, yeah, uh, wanting to keep, you know, it's just like, oh, but this is how we do it over there. It sounds a lot better than well, how we I do it here. I think we should back Earth. up. Back up just a little bit. Think about our immigrant family members. Oh, right? that's even better. Uh, You're right. But especially pa- uh, people coming from Caribbean, uh, from Caribbean islands, right? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. There's always mm-hmm. this longing, a longing of like a tiempo when we were on the island and how beautiful it was, you know, and how nostalgic our parents may get or romanticize those memories, mm-hmm. you know? And like, especially my parents always had, they always talk. They're, the way they always framed everything is when we go back. Yeah. When we go back. That's ex- That's so, that's an observation. Read. That is yeah. a good read. Yeah. Um, don't let it go. No, point. yeah. I, yeah that, I guess that's why, without even thinking about it, that's why I'm forgiving of like, oh, yeah, no, of course she's not going to want to let go of Andalasia. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. And like, you know, that's shaped who she is as a person. <clears throat> um, but it's, you know, becoming kind of a conflict, especially between her and Morgan. You know, Morgan, being the teenager that she is, doesn't want to leave New York. She doesn't want to move to Monroeville. And, you know, Giselle doesn't quite comprehend the idea of uh, a moody teenager who's just like sarcastic. And she doesn't even understand sarcasm. Right. And, uh, you know, someone who's just like discontent, you know, because that's what all teenagers are. Uh, Unfortunately, that's just the reality of it. Well, Uh, I'm feeling like New York City teenagers. If I remember Gossip Girl, they're also (laughs) having having premarital sex and doing yeah. lots and lots of drugs. <laughs> so, yeah. Where um, was that Disney plus? 
And of course, the move is terribly rough on them. You know, the house is just not in the condition that they thought it would be. Uh, Robert's commute is very, very long. He's going to be on the train all day and all this stuff. There's like this whole thing about it. And uh, Morgan, all of her clothes get burnt, <laughs> even though like Giselle does like this whole thing where she makes her room beautiful mm-hmm. and, and like she, you know, print, prints out the, the memory tree that uh, Morgan loved hearing about, you know, like all these things that she catered specifically for Morgan. The moment they turn the electricity on, it gets caught. Electrical fire happens and burns all of her clothes. And like the, the thoughtful thing is and the gesture is just gone. Like that. Which also doesn't make sense because the box, only like <laughs> the top of the box burnt. I know it was it was a little like okay that happened pretty easily but you yeah, know it, whatever I'm just like you not all oh, your clothes it. burn like maybe they smell like fire that's fine but yeah. they didn't all burn Morgan. but it was like it was so funny because I'm like I'm like wow like look at more like look at this look at what Giselle did for you look at what your gorgeous hot babe stepmom did for you like chill out Morgan and Morgan, then of course a fire happens I don't know Morgan was <laughs> like Morgan was I'm also forgiving of Morgan because they never wrote her to be like an absolute terrible bitch no no i completely sympathize with her yeah. but like she's also she's going against amy adams yeah but like <laughs> i'm on the side know, of you're, you're being amy moved adams. out of the city to the suburbs and stuff that's a uh that's a hard thing to get used to especially when you're in the middle of high school absolutely so, you know no i mean as the movie progresses actually i, I become more and more I, at least disenchanted <laughs> with you know <laughs> giselle's kind of like um false uh, a surety of this move being the correct one for her family because they all seem pretty unhappy. Right. Um, and at, at the same time, King Edward and Queen Nancy come and they visit and they give Giselle a gift. I, is it her birthday? Is it for the newborn? I forget exactly why it's, they give it for the newborn. Yes, it's for Sophia. Because they're their godparents. Ah, uh, so, yes. So they are offering the most ridiculous of gifts yes. <laughs> yeah a wishing a, a wish wand. granting wand, wand. yeah it's, it's like we've never given this to you before yeah there you go it's basically uh giving like a nuclear bomb it yeah. is a world child. ending yeah device oh, you're going through something right now so take this wish granting wand but be careful because the whatever you wish for could be you know catastrophic now, and I wish of course it, was, it yeah. is i wish it was a little more subtlety here because the most important thing they kept repeating was it had to be a true son or daughter of Andalasia, right? And they were not yeah, subtle with yeah, the fact that, like, yeah. this is going to be a Morgan story and the fact oh, that, absolutely. like, yeah. you know, she is a stepdaughter of a woman from Andalasia and stuff. I knew, um, I could tell, just like, I know how this movie's going to end. Yeah. Uh, I think this is around the point where we're going to say, if it's good spoiler. that this is all you know. If this is all yeah. you should know when you go into it, because... I will say the good thing about the trailer was that I didn't really, I wasn't prepared fully for the direction of the story. And I liked that. I liked that. I didn't know pretty much what happens next. Right. Um, So if you want to listen and you want to, if you want to watch and you want to not know anything, stop listening now and come back when you're done. Okay. So, yay! welcome back. (laughs) So of course, seeing that she made this huge move. And also there's this moment where she embarrasses Morgan because she thinks like, oh, you know, Morgan needs friends. So I'm going to help her by like standing in front of her school, selling cupcakes with her face, telling everybody how great she is. And it's like, actually here, that's like the worst thing you could do. I mean, it is. I would be mortified. I was already mortified for Morgan from that awful outfit that she was wearing. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Like, the poor girl had to wear, like, these, like, dresses. I didn't think they were that bad. I thought the people I thought what? people were being kind of rude to her for no reason, I in don't my know. opinion. If but I, I always think bullying her sco- rude I, for no reason. I feel like I would have been bullying her if she well, was dressed like you were an asshole, sir. <laughs> like, I don't... Look I, at that dress. It's just, like, be like, why, why are we dressed like this? <laughs> like, what's happening? Um, also, by the way, we... I should mention that the music and the lyrics to this were scored by Alan Menken and Stephen Schwartz did the lyrics. Alan um, Menken did Little Mermaid, right? Alan Menken did Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Pocahontas, Hunchback, okay. like everything up to Tangled. Uh, um, so he is the music of Disney. Really? Okay. I will say I this. Think, I think the- this might have been the second or third collaboration of Stephen Schwartz and Alan Menken. I know hmm. Stephen Schwartz wrote the lyrics to Pocahontas. Well, there was a Pocahontas-like song. Uh, there, there was, there was no the colors of the wind. They looked like it. It was visually. It looked like like anyway. The I think my favorite song though 
is the one with uh, Amy Adams and Maya Rudolph. Maya Rudolph, yes, that's the like, best that song. was yeah, their yeah. best song. It was it edited was so to good. perfection. I think that's the moment where I realized, yeah, this movie is leaps and bounds better than the first one. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Well, that especially when that character takes over. Um, so with this one, Giselle decides that you know she wants their life to be a perfect fairy tale, and immediately, well, not immediately, when she wakes up. Uh, Monroeville has transformed into, into a live-action fairy tale world. Mondelville Asia, Mondelasia, something like that. Monroeasia or something, yeah. Monroeasia, um, yeah, Monroeasia, something like that. It was a, yeah. it was like a weird mouthful to say. Yeah, and um, yeah, I mean, uh, everyone's you know, unbeknownst to them, they, they're just continuing their lives, but now within a fairy tale world. Right. And the Maya Rudolph character, who we've you know not so she, yeah, she's like earlier. the queen bee of the town. And mm-hmm. she becomes the literal queen of the town in the new world. And as she is actually the movie's red herring, because we saw her in the trailer and based on how she's dressed and looks, we just assumed she was going to be the main villain of the mm-hmm. film. The mm-hmm. smartest thing the movie made was the smartest decision. The creators of this movie made was to make her a red herring because the real villain is going to be Amy Adams. Yeah. And it's just like, Oh, this is, and I, I think as the movie progresses, I'm just like, wow, this movie is so much better than the first one. Like how? Yeah, yeah. Why? Well, so like, also because the thing wow. that you know triggers this is that before she makes this wish to be a perfect fairy tale, you know, like the whole family gets into a fight, and Robert's like, "You don't talk to your mother like that." And Morgan goes, "She's not my mom. She's my stepmother." And that's like the most crushing thing in the world because one, it's like, okay, you you're not even real to me. Like you mm-hmm. like that's like that's a that's a huge stab to take at someone. And then also in the world of fairy tales, stepmothers are wicked. Right. So by making this wish now, actually, because of the situation, the fairy tale is reflecting as to where you are in life right now, right? So that's why Maya Rudolph becomes the literal queen of this new Monrolasia, because she, in this 3D world that you know we live in, <clears throat> is the queen bee. So because of Giselle's relationship, her current relationship with Morgan being the stepmother who's not listening and really being understanding of her stepchild, she becomes a wicked stepmother. Mm-hmm. And pretty much, you know, shows how like when you don't kind of like listen to people and you don't really, uh, I guess, I don't know. That's the thing. Giselle did want what was best for her. And she just didn't realize how much she was hurting her. Yeah. But then it gets think- too far. I mean, you know, she did this all for her family, right? So they could have their happy ending, not realizing that there's no quick fix in a family. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. Say, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, she, uh, that's the thing. This, is, uh, this movie is also a realization for Giselle that, like, in this world, uh, it's nothing like, you know, people have to work through their feelings. They have to talk with each other. They have to. There has to be. There ha- we, we fight. We fight. Yeah. We get upset. And that's it. That's part of life. Yeah. And that's like kind of what the, you know, because obviously that's the stark difference between uh, the 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 fake world that gets rebuilt, right? Everyone's happy and joyful all the time, right? Everyone gets like a happy ending or they're falling into these tropes. Uh, there's no like sadness or something, right? Where in the real world, it's not like that. In the real world, there's jealousy, there's anger, there's like hostility. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Yeah. That's it. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, and... The whole, and then we slowly see this like evil personality of Giselle like take take over, and like she's actually fighting within herself, and that's where Amy Adams' real acting <laughs> comes yeah. in because she yeah. shines. Yeah, it's it's great. There's this one shot where like the camera goes back and forth between like evil her and good her, and it's like wow, it's just it's it's great. Um, and it really comes across well, which is uh, shocking. I I because I was I genuinely thought I was going to hate this movie. Me too. And I. <laughs> By the end, I was just like, "Oh, I loved it." I Amy Adams, like, I, I this also fog is true for Hocus Pocus too. Like, when you have a cast that's committed to the roles, yeah, it, it helps so much. Like Amy Adams, at no point did I feel she was just phoning it in, like for the sequel, right? Like she, the whole cast was giving it their all. Uh, yeah, Idina Menzel singing the the showstopper song. Yeah, to like, so. You know, the movie realized that they had Adina Menzel and they had to give her the number, like right. the number. I mean, the number really is between Amy Adams and Maya Rudolph, but like the huge, you know, like heartstrings song. Cause of course, you know, she sings all the great Elsa songs in the first two frozen. 
So they gave her a song that I actually thought was pretty damn good. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I thought I thought they even gave her a reference of letting it go. Yes, yes. Uh, but yeah, and so because the plot well, wise, what what they discover is that like Andalasia is now disappearing because all the magic of Andalasia is turning our world into the fairy tale world, and so she has. They have until the the stroke of midnight to break this curse or it will befall the land forever. Amy Adams does one last selfless act before she fully commits to being evil. And that's sending her stepdaughter into Andalasia. And that's where Andalasia now gets a task of like kind of saving the day. She becomes like Mm -hmm. the heroine of the film. Mm -hmm. And that's where Idina Menzel gives her number. Yes. Um, And then she was a good number. It was a good number. Yeah. Well, also when they went from Andalasia there, I was like, these are good graphics. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like Disney plus is like, well, no, actually that was Cinderella. That was Amazon where uh, it was not good graphics. Right. Oh, it's so funny. I also too was thinking, it's just like, God, like Disney plus is just stomping all over uh, Cinderella. (laughs) (laughs) Like like Disney plus is saying, it's just like Bezos. We have, you think you have money, please. We have creativity and money. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, the Maya Rudolph character, Malvina, is still somewhat of a villain because she recognizes that there's power behind this wand and recognizes how much power uh, Giselle has through it. And, like, so she secretly steals it and she learns about it. And, like, when they actually rescue Giselle from within herself in this curse, then they still have to, you know, overcome Malvina. Yeah, she Um, was... I, I'm, I'm not trying to say that she wasn't the bad guy. She was, of course, uh, she was a, yeah. a villain, but like the main villain was Giselle, and I think that's probably the smartest decision the movie made in terms of like you know, it it, it just shook things up in a way that I was just like, this is so refreshing. Yeah, yeah, but I I can't say that I completely love this movie because I'm like, oh, I love the ideas behind this, and like it looks great and stuff, but like the execution, uh, you know, was kind of like meh for me. Re- oh, I would. Um, I'm well, very. One, I'm very forgiving of like straight to Disney Plus movies, I guess. I, maybe. Um, well, let's I, talk a little bit. Because I'm not paying extra it. for it. You know what I mean? That's it. <laughs> I, I I think I've talked about this in the podcast, right? If I'm not paying extra for it, it's just means because I already subscribed to this. It's just like what? This is a bargain. I would have. I honestly would have been okay paying for this one to see in the theaters. Oh, it would have actually been great in the theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually kind of upset because whatever. Uh, I just like theater experiences overall. <clears throat> I don't need it, but there's some movies that I would say it's just like, oh yeah, no, I would have, I would have gone to see this in the theaters. This was yeah. one of those movies this year. Well, the one thing that I liked about the film is that none of the men were important. It was all about the women, um, right? You know, it was about Giselle's relationship with Morgan and the mother and daughter relationship, and like you know, Robert was just kind of there being a butt of the joke most of the time uh, when they needed the help of Andalasia. Nancy helped, not even the prince. You know, the prince right. was like, oh, I'll stay back here. <laughs> and then the central villain or the side villain being Malvina with her two little, you know, sidekicks uh, sidekicks and stuff who I I don't know. I didn't really find that to be effective. I just kind of thought that that was there to be there. It, I kind of lost sidekicks? it. Yeah. yeah. Especially for two actresses that of their caliber. Yeah. Of their caliber. They're good. Too. They're good they comedic actresses. Funny. Yeah. They're very uh, comical people. Yvette and- Brown. So I yep, Yvette Nicole Brown and Jai Mahay Mays. Yeah. So community and Glee. Community and yes, Glee. Yes, yeah. yes. And I was just disappointed because I don't know personally. I didn't really laugh, and I just didn't think it was needed. Oh, I um, laughed. I certainly. Mm. Yeah. I, I guess. I laughed more the cat situation. That's it. The cat. The oh, evil the cat. cat. Ki- I Pip found that very funny. Pip stole the show in this movie. Yeah. Like they utilized yeah. when when Pip went from squirrel to cat and like that transformation. I thought those were some of the funniest bits yeah. of the film. That a- I just again I wasn't expecting because yeah. I didn't care for Pip in the original one, right? But like mm-hmm. making him villainous and like talking and getting like all seductive and evil, I was just like, oh, this is hilarious. This works so well. He's like, yeah. how, do you, how do you feel? I feel superior over everyone. love that cat humor gotta love it um i guess for me though the biggest gripe i suppose i had was that i guess i just wasn't completely sold with the girl who played morgan um okay i just didn't really i think it, it was a huge role and it was a huge task and i don't think she completely failed at it but i just didn't feel the connection between her and amy adams and i think that that's also like a big part as to what gets me emotionally involved with something. Um, 
I mean, we've already talked about how great of an actress Amy Adams is, so maybe it is a little bit of an unfair comparison. A little but bit. at the end of the day, <laughs> I I did think, you know, like in her own way, she could have held her own. And I mean, she, she did, but not enough to get me 100% invested. Okay. Um, if that makes sense. Because it's like, oh my gosh, I love all the ideas. It's just the execution isn't really working for me. And okay. I also thought it was kind of long. In, I don't disagree with you that yes her performance is probably the weakest one out of the film i don't think for me it wasn't weak enough to like draw me out of the film because at the end of the day i'm watching like an elevated disney channel original movie (laughs) yeah so like yeah uh, that's a good way of putting it too because i also felt like there were a couple times where i'm like okay i've gotten this beat already why are we still showing scenes like this I get it. Like, especially in the beginning. I think it took a while for it to kind of get moving. Where it's like, okay, their lives are miserable now. What's the point? You know, so, so I... A, mm. So you thought their lives were miserable? I don't think they were miserable. I just don't think they were... Well, they were unhappy. They, th- no, they weren't unhappy. They just weren't comfortable with change. Yeah. And that's the thing. I think that there was a great conversation, though, between Robert and her that I thought was kind of again, illuminating real life here where she asks, are you happy? I'm like, well, you can't be happy all the time. Yeah. And that's real life. It's just like, you just can't. Well, like, that's what I mean to... though. Yeah. Like, cause they, but they were kind of unhappy with their situation. Right. And they were like, they were fighting and all this stuff. I just felt like in that scene and like, you're totally right. And like overall, like were they completely miserable and like, well, like, you know, depressed? No. But in this situation, like the beats were, look at how unhappy they are here. Look at how blah, blah, blah. And I guess for me, it was just a, a scene too many. Right. Um, but I mean, no, I, I mean, just, and, but I you are right that, that that's also the core of the, the story. Yeah. I, I apologize. No, no, no. So I, I, but I don't disagree with you in terms of like the movie being a little bit too long. I, I kind of do agree. I think this one is also a little long. I think Enchanted was also too long. Like <laughs> in my yeah. opinion. Uh, yeah. But, uh, I don't know. Yeah, it was uh, it was long enough where like by the end of it, I was like, okay, you could have trimmed a little bit of this, but it wasn't so long where I was just like anxious for the movie to end. I I was definitely shocked to say I was very much enjoying the ride. Like I was yeah. in it. I was in it. Actually, I even the Morgan's musical number. I I enjoyed also because of all the little callbacks to like the Disney princesses. Right, you got the Little Mermaid. Who else was it? Belle. Belle. We got to see a little bell action there too. Mm-hmm. It was cute. I thought it was yeah. adorable. A lot of self-referential, in fact, referential Disney stuff. The the worst actual now actor, if we're gonna rip him apart, was the kid who played Maya Rudolph's child, Tyson. I think was his name. Uh, yes, I think so. I don't know why um, we need a love interest. It's just like we just didn't. Yeah, it was just yeah, because they're always there in the fairy tale aspect. So I yeah. suppose they had it had to be implanted, and when Monroe became. Monroe, how come we can't remember the town name? Monrolesia, Monroe, Monrovilia, or something. Monrolesia. No, guess. they kept the Asia at the end. Mm. Right, like Andalasia. Yeah. Mm. So um, it, uh, it doesn't matter. It's not important. <laughs> the most important part is that and Maya were, Rudolph and, and Amy Adams were merging too. They were merging. That's true. But the most important thing is that Amy Adams and. Maya Rudolph gave us a great musical number that was thoroughly enjoyable to watch. And I think it was execu- uh, edited very, very well. Visually, yeah. I thought it was a wonderful scene. It was like such a nice set piece and stuff. And again, it was that scene that I was just like, kind of just like, oh, this is kind of what makes it not feel like a Disney Channel original yeah. movie. Kind of makes it feel like like I'm watching a movie that I would have happily paid. Well, that's also, you know, that's Adam Shankman, I think, coming in and really doing a good job. He's directed musicals before, so he knew exactly what to deliver. And I think he gave us a really good film musical number. Yeah. You know, as yeah. opposed to just like people standing around singing. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, because this one, it was about the the contrast of the two women. Yeah. Uh, but how they're different, but basically the same. Yeah. 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 It's it's like us, Rolando. Yes. Yes. <laughs> But yeah, I'm trying to think I mean, if there's any. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, there's not. I mean, there's not much to say other than it's a surprise and it's a pleasant surprise. It's not a perfect surprise, but you know, like, hey man, it worked. It, so. I, 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 I came out saying she's like, you know what? Yeah, I, That's I, good. good, good for you, Disney. Yeah, 
you had me uh you had me questioning you guys after hocus pocus because i didn't think it was not my favorite movie it that was, was fine. that was me after pinocchio i thought hocus pocus too oh was pinocchio that's pinocchio a great was... example after pinocchio but yeah. hocus pocus was right after pinocchio too right yeah it was kind of like yeah, two i'm weeks already kind of just like uh, you're kind of doing me dirty here disney <laughs> So, yeah. Like, uh, so for Disenchant to come in and like say for me to come out and say it's like wow that was that was good that was really good I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, absolutely. And like sequels really surprising us as of late. Um, yeah. Long awaited sequels. It's apparently that's the thing. The longer it takes for you to get a mus- like a sequel done, apparently this year, the more you're gonna get it right. So uh, we're gonna make that a category at the end of the year. The best long awaited sequel. <laughs> Wait, what other long-awaited sequels were Oh, there? my gosh. We just talked about this last week, too. Uh, Hocus Pocus 2, mm-hmm. uh, Top Gun Maverick, Black oh, Panther, Wakanda Forever. That's right. Okay. Yeah, fine. Yeah, so. I mean, Wakanda Forever we waited the least amount of time for, but, you know, like, five years is a long time, so. Five years is a long time, and considering, like, your main star died in the middle of those five years. Yeah. <laughs> like, <you're just> like, <laughs> the anticipation she gets, like, even more. It's just like, how? Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, super enjoyable and, uh, you know, thankful for this kind of content, bringing it back to the central theme. It's Thanksgiving tomorrow. Um, and we are thankful for our listeners and we Ew. would be super thankful. <laughs> that was such a cheesy segue, but good job. Thank you so much. Uh, we would be eternally thankful if you were to rate us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts and you left us a little review sharing your thoughts with us. And we would be very thankful if you reached out and shared any of your comments with us in any of these ways. You can email us, remakesrebootsrevivals at gmail.com, Instagram at remakesrebootsrevivals, facebook.com slash remakesrebootsrevivals, and Twitter at remakespodcast. And the last way you can reach out to us is by calling us and leaving a voicemail. And uh, Rolando's got that number for you now. Number is 862-248-2326. That's 862-248-2326. I think I'm going to listen to the that song, actually, now that we're over, because that was a my, good song. Maya the, Rudolph and... Uh, the Maya Rudolph one. Or maybe the Adina Menzel one. I don't know. I haven't decided yet. I'll listen 